Real News. Honest and fun political talk weekly on the line 90.7 FM. There's been a lot of me too almost moments this weekend. Or this week, I should say. Starting with uh, Justice Kavanaugh, who, if you have been living on a rock, is the justice that President Trump has picked to replace uh, Kennedy on the Supreme Court. And he's been going through his confirmation hearing. And of course, Democrats have been trying to pull every stunt in the book to stop this. And I'm not making it up when I say that. Uh, Senator Feinstein, who's in the Senate uh, Judiciary Committee that's doing all this stuff, gave info to the FBI about a letter she got from a woman in high school with Justice Kavanaugh in the 80s who accused him of holding her down and forcing himself onto her at a party. Uh, Feinstein got this letter way back in July, but fast forward to September, she all suddenly remembered that she had it, and she happened to remember she had it during this confirmation hearing. And 65 women have countered her saying that uh, Kavanaugh is a great man, all this stuff. They come to his defense. They said, quote, we are women who have known Brett Kavanaugh for more than 35 years and knew him while he attended high school between 1979 and 1983. For the entire time we have known Brett Kavanaugh, he has behaved honorably and treated women with respect. He respects whammon people. And the letter, you know, continued on with, we strongly believe it is important to convey this information to me at this time, which I understand. So, what do you think of this, Mr. Alex? Do you think it's all a bunch of crap? Uh, that's oh, why I lean yeah, towards. They're, they're going, uh, yeah, they're going after him for things that he's done in high school. Like, you know, this is like years, like decades and decades. And he wasn't even an adult at the time. Like, are they going to go after people for pushing Sally on the swing set when they were five years old? <laughs> is that what we're going to start doing? And it's just fake news. You can't eat. You have, like, no evidence for it. And it was, like, at an all-boys school, too. So that's, like, really weird. Yeah, I could I mean, if he was, like, you know, uh, not attracted to girls, uh, then that'd be a little bit more uh, interesting. But this is a guy who, you know, is a very good Christian family man. You never know, but, like, I, it doesn't make sense for him to do this sort of thing. I really think it's not real. Because all these women have come back and said he didn't do this. The guy that was supposedly with him when this happened says he didn't uh, recollect it. He could be lying, but I don't know. I just think it's a bunch of BS, but who knows? Well, like, the kid's not even... Well, he wasn't an adult at the time. He was in high school. Like, you know, even with heinous crimes, if you do them when you're, like, under the age of 18, they generally get, like... You know, discarded once you turn 18 or like, I guess if you're like an older teenager, you'll it'll eventually be scrubbed, basically, for the most part. Like you're not you're not done developing yet. And I think that's a really low blow that they're trying to go and do, especially for being so long ago. And with like, I don't see any evidence of this. And even if there was, this was when he was a kid. Yeah. So, you know, they went to go and have like, say, Trayvon Martin and stuff did like nothing wrong. And he was like this good boy <laughs> throughout his entire life. But then they go and say that Kavanaugh was like a dirty rapist because of something that happened when he was a kid. Like, I think there's a little bit of hypocrisy over there. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. And like I said, the timing of this makes it so suspicious. She claims she got the letter in July and now she comes up with it. I mean, come on. You know, they're just looking for stuff to take him down. You know, even if he did this, or motivation is just to stop his confirmation. And it's not going to affect him. I mean, this really is nothing, especially when you have the outpouring of support on his side. Uh, I just think it's really annoying when they, they're just so disingenuous about it because they act like they care about the victims. They don't. They do not care about the victims.
Absolutely. They just want to go and like get their own political agenda across. Like you, you can see what happened with other people. Like look at Bill Clinton. They didn't like go after him for things he did like a few years ago. Yeah. But like, like before he became president, but you know, with Kavanaugh stuff they did like 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. So there's just, it's a lot of double standards and I don't like it. Yeah. And a similar but opposite sort of scenario, because it's related to me too, happened where comedian Norm MacDonald, who used to be on Saturday Night Live, who actually got fired for making a bunch of OJ jokes that were really funny. And he got uh, banned from The View for the longest time for for calling Bill Clinton a murderer on The View. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. like they call Trump a Nazi and like all these other things, and like they say that he's a rapist, and they can get away with that. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know, heaven forbid, you call someone who whose entire like family has been like documented accounts with like ties to criminals. Yeah. You, you even insinuate that, even if it's like in a joking manner or something. Yeah, and he you did know, this all stuff years ago, so he has this record. But it, he said the most, like, he said literally the least controversial thing he's ever said. And he got banned from the uh, Tonight, or his appearance was canceled on the Tonight Show when he said, quote, I'm happy the Me Too moment has slowed down a little bit. It used to be, uh, 100 women can't be lying. And then it became, one woman can't lie. And then it became, I believe all women. And then you're like, what? Like, that Chris Hardwick guy, I really thought got the blunt of the end of the stick here, there. Unquote. And then he also yeah, said, oh. Oh, I, yeah, I just want to finish his quote. Uh, he also said, the model used to be admit wrongdoing, show complete con- uh, contrition. Was it con- contrition? I can't read. Uh, I've never heard that word before. And then we give you a second chance. It Now it's admit wrongdoing and you're finished. And so the only way to survive is to deny, deny, deny. That's not healthy. And there is no forgiveness. I do think that at some point it will end up with a completely innocent person of prominence sticking a gun to his head and ending it. That's my guess. I know a couple of people this has happened to. I think he's just... I don't, he didn't say anything wrong there. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. That's that's a fair analysis of it. But if you're on the left, you don't want to hear that. And it's funny, too, because you mentioned the person who kicked off the Today Show for mentioning, like, the Clinton thing. Like, they do that all the time. But, like, when you have Kathy Griffin with, like, Trump's head, that's considered, like, appropriate. But like Hank Williams, I think he made a joke about uh, Barack Obama. He got kicked off of uh, ESPN or for like the morning, uh, or not the morning, like for the uh, football, for the football. So they kicked him off after that. Mm-hmm. Like they just want to silence people. And if you have an opinion like that's against their uh, against the grain, then they just want to silence you and deplatform you. And I think that's pretty wrong for them to do that. Yeah, and and everybody like Norm Macdonald has this humor style that's very sort of. Uh, deadpan, very sort of matter of fact, and sometimes even sarcastic. And I think they forget, like, because he talks in such a normal way, but he's really funny. And these people take him way too literally and way too seriously. It's just like the guy's joking, obviously. It's like his OJ thing was when he was on SNL, he was like, uh, something like, you know, OJ's released now, and now I can get back to what he's good at killing people. <laughs> You know, and everybody, I think that was, I don't know if that was a joke that fired him, but he said stuff like that that was like funny and it was great and he has great delivery with it, but can't, can't joke about OJ appearing at NBC because I think the bosses were like um, friends with him or something, but it's like really annoying that we're in a society where you can't joke about anything, anything, no matter how uncontroversial or controversial it is. 
like let's be clear with oj too like it's not it, that's that's like saying the uh who is that woman like a few years ago like had her kid in the back of her car and like looked up how to bury a body and got off scot-free oh, are you like, thinking of the girl was, but it's like yeah huh? are you thinking of that girl that yes. that where she got she drowned in like a swimming pool but it was basically the mother's fault i forget her name casey anthony that's casey what it was, anthony I think. yeah that one yeah, it was Casey. It was like basically saying that Casey, you're not allowed to go say Casey Anthony's a murderer. Like, yeah, technically the court said she did wasn't a murderer, but like, you know, it, it, all the evidence points to it. Like with OJ, he was like running from the police on a high speed chase, and then like he had like the gloves, and there was a motive for it. Yeah. And I'm really surprised that they aren't going like revisiting that because of all the Me Too stuff going on. Like oh, you'd yeah. think he murdered a woman who was. Like they got, they were separated, and she was trying to get on with her life, and he didn't want that. Like you would think that the Me Too supporters of the world would be like, "Hey, OJ, we should probably not have supported this guy. Let's go and like, you know, a lot of people to go and talk smack about him and get that guy's job back." But no, of course not. It's only like in the current year, unless it's about a Republican. Yeah, yeah. Well, next thing you know, they're gonna start saying OJ did nothing wrong, like literally. Well, well, they say that they say that like if you talk to people like I've seen the uh, the video. He obviously did it, but like it was just a political, a very politicized case, and it's like the Casey Anthony one. They you have a jury like that, and they decide on if you live and die. And once you have that sort of money for lawyers to go and like make everything look like cloudy, then you have reasonable doubt. And that's like really a sad thing about our justice system. If you have enough money for a good lawyer, you can pretty much get away with murder. Yeah, like. I don't really know how to fix that because, like, really, how can you fix the lawyer system? Like, you, you can, like, you can't ban them because people hire other people to go and write, like, speeches for them. Like, they tried that in ancient Greece and that didn't work. They'd find ways around it. And, right. you know, like, people, like, a public defender, they can really mess you up. You could be completely innocent, too, and end up in jail. Like, I think there was some guy who's completely innocent. He was in jail for, like, 15 years. Wow. Because of like, a, it was like a murder or rape or something. And he was completely innocent. He was in jail for 15 years on life sentence. And then like years later, when they discovered genetic testing, they tested everything. He got out like scot-free. But really, when you're in jail that long, your life is pretty much like done. Yeah. You know, like, what can you do? Like, you've been in jail that long. You're probably like mentally broken. You don't really know how to do any sort of useful skills. And I, and I guess they pay, I think they probably pay him like a million dollars, but still like, a million dollars, maybe back in like the like eighties or something, or like seventies, like before they had the massive inflation. That was probably a decent bit of money. But like today, if you have a million dollars, it's like yeah, you can live for a while, but you know you really gotta have some hard time dealing with everything, and you probably got taxed. Well, I don't know if they actually tax that, but still, like that's gonna take a lot. I mean, you know, his, I don't think he had a wife. You're just really screwed, you know? Yeah, it's it's a really sad and depressing uh, situation to be put away for doing nothing, literally doing nothing wrong. And then even if they do let you out years later, you know, it's still a, like a, a massive portion of your one life. Your one life is just wasted now for doing and, nothing. And see, that's why I have a major problem with false accusers and why I think they need to be like, you know, yeah. they need to get punished a lot more for what they're doing. It's like, look at the yeah. Duke lacrosse players from like yeah. way back then. They were all exonerated. They didn't do anything, though. The girl was found to be a liar. Look at the mattress girl. They found the text messages. They have everything out there. Oh, but uh, the guy's still demonized. Like, yeah. what was he going to be able to do? Like, he's, he can't really find a job anywhere because they still think he's a rapist. But yeah. like, 
you know, he's got to move on. Once you're put in that situation, like the only real alternatives that you have is to like, you know, maybe if you have good friends or something, but it makes a life of crime very appetizing because no like regular employer is going to hire you. Mm-hmm. Unless he and I doubt he got that much, like any sort of large, large settlement to live the rest of his life in peace. Like you're, you're just, it's one of the worst things that can happen to you. The only thing worse than like lying about someone like who's uh, like falsely accusing someone is doing the actual crime. That's the only thing worse. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, on to more depressing news. Article 13 has been passed by the EU Parliament. If you don't know what that is. Uh, well, there are two articles, actually, Article 11 and Article 13, but this whole package passed with uh, 438 votes of 226 with 39 abstinences. Article 11 would require internet companies to pay news outlets for hosting their content on their platform. So what does that mean? That means that if you, let's say, quote a news article, just a small bit of it, or even paste a hyperlink, which is citing your source, then you will be held accountable for that and you would have to pay for that because of copyrights. Even though that's not really the point of a news outlet. The point of a news outlet is to disseminate news and other people share it and pick up on it and how dare they even cite it. So many are thinking that this will force social media companies like you know Facebook and Twitter and all of them to pay for news organizations to actually feature their content on their sites in the EU, which is insane and ridiculous and really doesn't make any sense. You know, news um, sharing news and giving the link to it is perfectly fine with fair use, at least in America, but of course not with the EU. And Article 13 would require um, uh, all these companies to uh, filter all the copyrighted material on their websites. So that could be pretty much anything from songs to pictures to videos, anything. Uh, So anything that gets uploaded on their platform that's copyright needs to be removed. Unless, of course, you do pay for it and you get permission to license it. Which means if you have a meme that is, you know, odds are a meme uses a copyright image like a Pepe, then you'd have to take that off your site. So this thing is a giant meme killer. And the only way these websites are going to be able to take off all this copyright content, there's so much of it out there that's shared around on the internet. Uh, they would have to use AI. They would have to use algorithms to filter all this stuff out. And we all know that these algorithms can be biased. They can be completely wrong and remove stuff that isn't copyrighted, even though it says it is. And you're going to have copyright trolls. You're going to have AI trolls that are, you know, somebody's going to copyright something that, you know, isn't copyrighted or that everybody's using just to screw people over and to get this stuff pulled from websites. And, you know, it gets worse because, you know, like when you upload, like my example is like a movie poster. Like you're like, oh my God, this poster for Avengers is awesome. Look at it, guys. You know, that was trending on Twitter when that thing came out because, you know, Marvel fanboys love to spread that stuff. You would have to pull that down if you were Facebook and Twitter because that poster's copyright. I mean, that's ridiculous. Or what if you had a, you know, company logo in your picture? That would have to be removed. It's absolutely insane. You cannot share anything. It's not like you're using this stuff. To make money you're just sharing it you're allowed to do that at least in the free world that is oh yeah like it's completely messed up in europe i don't know how they're going to be able to recover from this like it's going to really hurt the small businesses because they can't afford to go and like ban memes like instantly and like 
that that's just a lot on small guys. And then the uh, you know Article Eleven itself that's really going to hurt people like being able to go and um, like post anything on Facebook, even like linking to an article. You're going to be like fined for doing that, or like they have to go and pay the companies. And you'll see like a couple and probably the liberal news outlets who do this. You know they'll have a couple of them they can go and share because they know it's free advertising and anything interesting they'll make you pay like whatever the price is to go and link to it and i don't see that as being very conductive to a um, to a better world like yeah. it's just it, you can't spread news anymore that's what they're doing they're anti-news they're anti-science and it's going to bring <laughs> us back hundreds of years because like you know they say it's like you know it starts with social media but they have like scholar like if you try to go and share scholarly work and it has like a link to something like how are you going to do that it's going to hurt the universities actually that's what i'm thinking that people need to go and start looking into yeah and i love how sargon of akkad and count Danko, who are two big um you know anti-sjw youtubers and anti-eu youtubers they were having a ball there but at the same time they're pretty depressed because they said it's just a bunch of boomers that were talking about things they knew nothing about and really just voted because somebody told them to you know it's the this is why brexit happened and like this is just another reason why it was the right choice because you literally have a bunch of people that know nothing about your country nothing about the internet nothing about really anything relevant to you they're deciding on things that affect your life i mean that that's why we broke away from england as americans you know, it's, it's just so screwed up. Yeah, boomers, man. We need some boomer control, I think. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they they tend to go and, like, mess things up. They have no clue how the internet works. And they, they don't even look at the articles, like, that they're voting on. It's just really sad. And, you know, like, the European Union, it's not a very democratic system either way. Yeah. Like, I, I, do the people even get, like... How does that actually work? Like to vote on the people in the EU council? Like do people even really care that much? Or they just know. like vote party wise? I think they just go by party and I it's kinda like when we do our like local elections where we do whatever the party says basically. I think that's basically how it works with them. I mean, they don't know these people. It's it's just a terrible system. But oh the unity. Oh, the, I remember Bono was like saying that, you know, waving a EU flag is like a rebellious act. It's anti-establishment. Like, are you kidding me? That's literally the establishment. Oh, I agree. The, the EU is just like, it, it was a good idea on paper and maybe before the like Soviet Union was gone, but now it's just gone so farther reaching. Like it used to just be a economic union. Now they want, they've like been told they want to build a military. They want to regulate the internet. And this becomes so much more than its original like plan. That's why you know the U the year, uh, United Kingdom they wanted to originally like get out of the EU because of this, and now like you know it, it's just getting worse and worse. I think they made the right decision, but their politicians don't like it very much. So you know I don't know what they're gonna do. I don't think they're gonna go and like stall as much as possible until the people speak up or they just have another vote and it votes the way they want it to. Tell us about what you found. All right. Well, it looks like the FDA is going to be regulating uh, flavored e-cigarettes, including uh, the the recent, uh, the new one called Juul that's been like, it's like the iPhone of the vaping world, basically. <laughs> it's and they're saying that like kids can like, kids are doing it too much and that they don't want people to become addicted. But here's the thing with like e-cigarettes. It's like they've done scientific studies and it was, it's generally considered to be better. Like people say, I've seen studies that say 95% 
less damaging than, than traditional cigarettes. I've seen like things where they like you know they do the cigarettes they put into like a bottle and put a bunch of uh, like those uh, little cotton things in there, those little cotton swabs, and they I go and, like, wouldn't it's, know, like sir. smoking over a month. I wouldn't know, sir. <laughs> yeah, like they do that, and then like the vaping, it's like next, it's very, it's significantly less. Like it doesn't even look that bad, but like they're saying that they, it appeals to kids too much, and, but like, and they're like, oh, you look at Jewel, they have flavors like uh, these fruity flavors, and then you have these other ones like uh, they have the traditional tobacco companies. They have like tobacco and like summer melody or something, but then Jewel has like fruit cocktail and stuff, or, or like cream brulee brulee and they're like oh this is this is very uh kids will start using this well here's the thing and what i'm talking about it's like you know smoking and e-cigarettes are very different one like e-cigarettes are not nearly as damaging as smoking and i think there's actually some benefits to mm. uh, nicotine as a substance it's no. it's not that much different than uh, caffeine i but, i've read into know, this there's E-cigarettes and vaping is better for you, but it's still bad for you. There's still links to heart disease. There's still links to, I think, even cancer. There's still links to a lot of things. It's not good for you. Well, yeah, but I don't think it's as bad as people say it is. And the thing is, we have, we have alcohol right now. They're talking about legalizing marijuana. And I don't think any of those are any like worse than vaping, to be honest with you. Like, alcohol, they are they worse. Have, they have like uh, these wine coolers, the like Mike's Hard Lemonade. And they have these ones that look and taste like soda. And, you know, this is clearly marketed to kids, but they, they turn a blind eye to that. You know, they want to go and be like, oh, you can't have flavored cigarettes in America, which I think is one of the stupidest things they've ever done. And now they want to go and regulate, like, no, you can't have flavored uh, vape juice. But the thing is with vape juice, it's a lot harder to deal with that because, like, you can you can make your own flavors. You can buy flavoring that's not even specific to alcohol. You can buy stuff with zero nicotine. And like, why does it matter? If, like, if if it's not, if it's got literally no nicotine, then there's really nothing to worry about. Like, other than the uh, PG well, and PG. Yeah, they put and, other stuff in these things. that's bad for you. Like, people always make that about that argument with marijuana. They're like, oh, it's natural. There's no nicotine. Yeah, but there's. I think it's PCP. Is that what's called? Tent? Uh no, that's another drug. But some people. Well, like what, to put what's the thing in, in marijuana that's really that's bad for you? What's it called? It's. Oh, they got like tar. I mean, marijuana. Well, yeah, tar yeah, but there's there's some there's other like it's it's like three letters. It's something like that. THC. Yeah, THC. CBD? That's it. THC. It's THC. So it's like I I never buy the argument that oh it doesn't have this so therefore it's good. It always has other bad stuff. It's not good for you. Like it's pretty cut and dry. I even saw a PragerU video on this that was like defending vaping to the point where they were like. Oh, it's flawless. It can't do anything wrong to you. They never mentioned any of the bad stuff, and I was a bit like, you know, disappointed with them on they that. They don't have that much bad stuff, and like they what do. they have, like uh, they have two things in there: is P PV and like V, uh, propylene glycol and vegetable glycol, and then they have whatever flavoring you want to put in there, and then nicotine. I mean, you can make it yourself. They, they have kits on the internet to go and make your own vaping supplies. Oh, I'm like sure, it's not. Yeah. It's really not all that bad for you as like the, some people in the media want you to think. But like my problem with it, it's like, oh, they're they're making a big deal about kids potentially using this. But they, you know, like people can eat like uh, Twinkies. And honestly, like look at how many people die of heart disease from obesity. Look how damaging, look how much billions of dollars goes into like dealing with obese people. Like honestly, that's probably worse, you know, than vaping. Yeah, but like, vaping has side effects. And, and then when they run it, when they have health issues... 
everybody else has to pay for their medical bills. That's the problem I have with it. I'm all for, hey, if you want to do something to your body that screws you up, have fun. You can do that. But I don't want to be flipping the bill on that, and I don't want any secondhand effects. You know, I would be perfectly fine of allowing all this stuff as long as if you have to go to the hospital for something related to smoking or vaping or drugs or alcohol, and I don't pay for it, that's fine. You know, pay, you had to pay for it out of pocket. That's the way I look at it. Because you're doing something that affects you and you only. I shouldn't well, have to pay well, for yeah. that. Well, the vaping thing too, it's, it's a lot less. It doesn't, it's not nearly as damaging. It's not like you're not inhaling smoke. Like the, most of the damaging stuff from cigarettes was the tar. Yeah, Like that true. was it. And then with vaping, most of the issues came from improperly processed uh, vape juice. Like they go and put some stuff in there, but now I think it's regulated to a sufficient degree. It's you already have to be 18 to buy it, so like I don't see how kids are accessing it unless they're doing it like their parents are buying it for them, or some kids like ordering it off the internet. And if you order it off the internet, then you know your parents should be the ones checking their packages because kids can order a lot of like potentially damaging stuff off the internet. Like they have books on building weapons and stuff like parents need to go and be alert of what their kids are doing online. I think that's the parents fault. If your kid's becoming a vapor when he's yeah. a kid, like, you know, if it says it's cotton candy, like you're not even allowed to go into like most vape stores unless you're like 18 or older. It's oh, like yeah. a well, they're getting shop. it secondhand from like friends or other people, but vaping, I did fact check this cause I, I wrote about this on Facebook. Uh, vaping does contain formaldehyde and lead two very bad uh, things. Well, the well, the thing is, like, water contains a certain amount of lead, and it contains a certain... Like, there's trace amounts of bad things in just about everything, like... Yeah, I know, big it's substantially more water. in vaping that it's, it's related to a lot of these negative effects. I mean, I know they're putting chemicals in the water that turns the frogs gay, but, you know, it's not like uh, vaping is, you know, has a little bit of this stuff, and it's a substantial amount, and that's why you see it linked to heart disease and even cancer. Well, they could go and uh, just make it better. I could just go and make them, like, force them to go and use Or just uh, don't vape. Don't vape. It's kind of a simple thing. Well, no, they could just go and, like, we have things in the water. If there's problems with them putting chemicals in, like, you can <laughs> literally buy the chemicals yourself and mix it. Like, pure chemicals. Like, it's, and the thing is, I guess, is the chemical manufacturers. And you can, I bet, you know, just regulate them more if they're not doing it enough. That, that would go and solve those issues with that, like, right quick. Yeah. Because I don't see how propylene glycol and vegetable glycol. And you don't you, you don't even need both those. You could do, like, one completely propylene glycol, another one completely vegetable glycol. Most of them do, like, a mix. And, like, you can go and get those things done, like, in a, and they're done in laboratories. Maybe, like, the problem was there's a lot of these really cheap ones coming in. I think those were a bit problematic. Yes, that's and, true. Uh, the coils, there's cotton in there, so I don't know if maybe there's stuff in the cotton. Because, like, there's trace elements in literally everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, they could just go and regulate that a little bit more. I agree. We're pro, like, we're pro regulation on something. <laughs> well, no, no, I'm really not pro regulation. I think it's fine the way it is because I've, you know, I used to smoke before and I'd notice something like if I try to go and run after I smoke, I notice I had a hard time, but after I vape, it's fine. Mm. Like I, I, but I buy the quality stuff. It's like you buy some gut rot liquor and you know, you drink that. You're probably, it's not as good. I can't I relate to that example names, either. There's one particular brand of alcohol I, I've known that has a particularly painful hangovers mm. not going to mention any names but i'm pretty sure anyone who's, who's been to penn state or to like a frat party knows this brand of vodka i'm referring I to <laughs> but um you know they just make different things in different ways 
Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't see how this is an issue, though, because, like, kids aren't allowed to go and buy it. Yeah, like, there was a time where kids could just go up to the stores and buy it, and stores that sold to kids, I think, you know, they're they're really bad people. There was uh, one particularly within State College that did that, and I was really upset at them. But, like, you know, yeah. it's, it's regulated now, so I don't see why they need to be involved. Yeah, I, I, I agree. There is some overreaction, like, oh, it's flavored, so kids are going to get it. No, kids don't do it for that reason. They do it to be edgy or to be rebellious or because they're stupid or they you know, have bad influences. I mean, there's a whole bunch of reasons you could point to. Uh, I'm obviously very cynical of it. You know, as, as, as the average viewer know, I'm a pretty straight-edge guy. But uh, anyway, we'll move on to our next topic, which is the Dalai Lama. He, you know the Dalai Lama is, he's literally the happiest little man in the world. He's so happy, he loves his life. But he, he's pretty, pretty red pill when it comes to refugees, and people don't like that. He said in an interview, quote, I think Europe belongs to the Europeans. Receive them, help them, educate them, but ultimately, they should develop their own country. Europe, for example, Germany, cannot become an Arab country. Germany is Germany. There are so many that in practice it becomes difficult. From a moral point of view, too, I think that the refugees should only be admitted temporarily. The goal be that they return and they rebuild their countries. Oh, my God. Dalai Lama, a.k.a. base monk right here. I mean, he, he's like triggering so many people with a pretty central, you know, very centrist opinion here. He's not hes not even saying we shouldn't take in refugees. He said we should, but, you know, uh, educate them, help them out, but send them back to their country to rebuild their country. They're not staying here, which I think that's a perfectly reasonable position. Absolutely. Like, what was the point of countries? Like, you know, if, if everyone's just there because of whatever reason, like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, look at the history of France versus Germany versus Belgium versus Luxembourg. Like, you see these tiny little countries and they're all spread about. But, like, nowadays you go to France and, like, you know, you get a bunch of different people. Yeah, it's, it's not Arabic the United States. Like, the United States was a melting pot, but Europe was never meant to be that. You know, like, it's just the way things were. And I know, I know like, the United States isn't Europe, but, like, you know, if if everyone in Europe's like not European anymore, what what is that? That's you know that, that's just not Europe. Yeah, you have to speak but, Arabic like, yeah, when you go. Yeah, you should definitely to... go and fix your own countries because if we take like the best and brightest from whatever country, you know, and they and they aren't by the way, you know, there a lot of people are coming in there for um, you know like reasons that aren't necessarily uh, completely obvious, like what they say in the papers. Mm-hmm. You know, they might not actually be fleeing a war. They might just be going there for economic reasons. But like, you know, they need to go back to their countries and build it up. And like, that's a that's a that's a good argument though against like high skilled immigration because if the best and brightest from like, you know, like a random country like uh, Kenya or India or wherever they come to the United States and they live there, that's yeah. going to hold those countries back because they lost a great resource. Like humans yeah. are one of the most or the most important resource in uh, today's economy. Like, look at Japan. They've had, like, next to no natural resources, but they're still, like, one of the top ten economies in the whole world. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, like it's, I know it's become a meme, but, like, when you go to France, you have to speak Arabic now. You know, that's not the way France is supposed to be. And I'm not saying, I'm not even saying shut down the borders. I'm just saying you have to assimilate people when they come into your country so that you have a cohesive society that can actually just literally communicate with itself 
to start with, but then so you don't have all the problems that you're seeing right now where people with different values, with different set of moral beliefs or not many are coming into a country that has a totally different set of values. And that's why you have rapes going up, murders going up, stabbings, bombings, all this stuff is going up. Even uh, I think in England, they're having a, uh, a scooter problem where people are riding around these scooters and killing people. Uh, it's really awful, but uh, I don't yeah, see. Like look at France. They just had like a, uh, there was a terrorist attack with a car, like I think a couple of days ago. And really. I don't think anyone got killed, but like two people I know got like had to get an ambulance called and they have like major terrorist attacks like very often. That's why I see what the Europeans call like far right parties. I don't know if they're actually far right because they call like they're not Donald Trump a far right politician. But, uh, you know, like they have these parties rising because they want to have their own country. Like they don't want Europe to turn into, you know, like Saudi Arabia because one, that'd be very anti like Western values. They're very unprogressive to how they treat women over there, how they treat gays, how they treat just about anyone other than, uh, you know, like male Muslims in those countries, they're the only ones who get treated any decently. And even then, they still don't get treated that good. They can't hold hands with their own wife in public, yeah, for the, to my knowledge. And, and I've always said this. I'll say again. Only in Muslim-majority countries is homosexuality punishable by death. Only in Muslim-majority countries. Yeah, yeah, I think there was like, I don't know, I think Uganda, it was... I don't know if it was a death penalty, but you know that's 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 not very common either way. But like my thing is, if you import like people from one country into another country, you know, like a mass migration, and they have a problems in one in the country that's has people taken out of them, you're just going to bring the problems over there, like potentially, like yeah. unless you do some serious vetting. But if you do it on a mass scale, you can't really do that. When you have migrants coming in without proper paperwork, you can't vet them. They're undocumented, and if they're undocumented, you don't know who's actually coming over. Yeah, and the quote Black Panther, when we bring the migrants here, they bring their problems with them. Yeah, that, that movie has yeah. some woke dialogue in it, and then the, the character actually changes at the end where you like, want to bring in refugees. I was like, darn, like they had such a woke, red-pilled message right there, and they, just, they, they show his character development as becoming like a social justice warrior at the end. Yeah, it's it's a red pill within a blue pill. Yeah, I guess so. But speaking of that, uh, video leaked out of Google that is is absolutely hilarious, especially if you're on the right, where they're ha they have like these conferences like every week called TGIF, and they have one right after the election, and <laughs> it's all these like Google executives, like the CEO, all these like top people. That are literally crying over the fact Trump won. And they say that they're going to do something about to prevent this. I mean, Jesus. If you thought there wasn't a bias at Google. And if you didn't think that it was controlled by a bunch of social justice warriors. I mean, this is literal proof of that now. And it proves James Damore was right all along once again. When he said that, you know, they don't tolerate conservative views. And it's not welcome there. It, Totally isn't. These people are far left social justice warriors. Ryan's coming. They cried when their gal, who is really corrupt and really unlikable, lost. I mean, Jesus. Like I'm. I didn't see Republicans crying when Obama won. I didn't see them crying when what? Bill Clinton won. Well, see, I think that's tr another reason for that. Could be that like the the, the man on the left, they tend to be a lot more. Uh, I guess sort of. In touch with her feminine side, let's put it like that. You Be mean very soy? 
the soy boys. Yeah. They're all going to be crying over there in their executive suits. Oh, I might not make uh, $2 billion this year. I might only make 1.9. Oh. Yeah. Like, like, I, like, I'm not the most masculine, you know, alpha male around the block. I think you'd agree with that. You know, mm. I have a bit of a femininity to me, but I don't cry when you know, my, you know, candidate loses. I don't cry over that. I don't get all hysterical. I, I haven't cried, like, in years, in fact, but these people probably do on a daily basis. Yeah, they probably just turn on, the, like, they have five, like, a nine-minute, like, yelling at Trump and crying and, like, being all tearful and marching. Yeah. Uh, that's what they do. They don't really do activism as much as, you know, as probably they should, which is a good thing for us. Yeah. But, like, they just, they just cry and they go into Twitter and they go on to CNN and they just go and make a big mockery of themselves. And people don't respect that. Like, they don't know why the kids right now are becoming more authoritarian. It's because they see these, like, their parents were a bunch of, you know, very uh, effeminate men. They don't really respect that. That's why you see, like, uh, ideologies that are more authoritarian start to rise. That's why, you know, you have all these, like, issues. It's because people don't respect these, uh, you know, weak men as much as they respect a strong man and strong yeah. women too. Like they don't respect that. And the thing is with uh, Google and the ex- and like all those people crying and stuff, they they say, oh, we we don't discriminate against conservatives, but they literally uh-huh. send the video. We'll we'll make sure this can't happen again. They're doing that right now by limiting free speech, by putting like roadblocks for conservatives. Like I think Crowder, like he was, uh, like his videos were being like actively uh, manipulated so they didn't score as high as they were, like go on to the, uh, the, the trending top page. list or the recommended videos. And I think he had a lawsuit over that. Well, what he was talking about was one, his uh, video was Fen Computer when he crashed that LGBT uh, party at South by Southwest and was trolling them with, you know, being identifying as a computer. That video got pulled from YouTube you know, far worse stuff is still up on YouTube, like Antifa videos and even terrorist propaganda. But uh, what he talks about more importantly is the fact that his videos get more engagement, more likes, and sometimes even more views uh, than a lot of late night shows are on TV and the Young Turks. But Chank with his iPhone filming him going, yo, this is crazy stuff, gets not, yo, trending on the tr- top on the trending page of YouTube, but his videos don't. I mean, there's a clear bias with the algorithms. And we said a million times with what Twitter's done, banning only conservatives for the most part. Yo, banning, look what they did to Alex Jones. Like, that was a full out collusion with big tech to unperson somebody from the internet. Oh, yeah, they, they literally said they don't want Trump to be elected again. The only way they can do that is by completely censoring the Internet. Like, you know, yeah. you saw what they, we talked about earlier with, like, Article 11 and 13. That's going to be extended to include, quote, unquote, hateful rhetoric. And that will include, like, any sort of pro-Trump memes unless it's just, like, <laughs> a picture of, like, Trump. And even then they'll probably censor that in a few years. Like, it's gone so far that, like, you know, you have groups of people now, which is, good, I guess, on the right. They're just, like, at the meet in person. Because yeah. they can't do it on the internet. Like, yeah. that's what they're doing is they're just making people go into, like, the dark net and all these other things because you can't have a com- a decent conversation. And when then they drive, like, then the radicals stick out over there because they don't have any sort of people to, sh- like, stop them because you can't do it on a free and open internet so you can get more radicals. Yeah. Like, you know, like, look at look at Hitler. Like, he came into place because he was, like... He came into power because, like, they banned, like, all sorts of things, and uh, they did a big crackdown political parties and, in Germany at that time. And he was, like, within a small group, and he was radical, and they, they just ended up, like, going from there. It's like an incubation station 
for like uh, all the worst sorts of like um, you know thoughts and ideologies when you have an echo thoughts. chamber and that's why we need to go and stop it yeah totally for the left and the right oh yeah absolutely I, echo chambers are bad no matter what uh group think you're in it's just you know it, it always breeds uh lack of openness and total uh cult-like sort of personalities but yeah like just just look at this deplatforming stuff they've been doing it's not it doesn't make these people go away you think just because you ban someone from twitter they're not gonna have following somewhere else even if it's not on the internet they'll go and do like irl stuff like yeah yeah, just look at like uh, what was Alex it? Like Sargon. He got banned off Twitter, but he's doing probably even better than before. And like Milo, he's still out there. You know, it might be harder for him. It might make him try harder. But all that'll do is make him, yeah, like try harder. And they'll end up doing something else. And they can't just keep censoring them unless they like just throw him in prison. And if they do that, they're gonna become a martyr. Like look what happened Tommy to Robinson. Uh, Nelson Mandela when they threw him into prison. That's when he became like the the patron saint of the ANC. And Tommy Robinson. Can you hear me? Uh, uh, yeah, I cut out for a second. I said and Tommy Robinson. Oh, yeah, look at him. He's he's grown much stronger ever since he got sent to prison. That's what they're doing. And he's not even like a particularly far-right person. No. Like there's much more people to the right of him. And they're starting to grow more and more. But, you know, they, their censorship isn't really doing anything positive. It's just make it's like Pause. the censorship is basically like someone taking a drug to make the pain go away. They're not actually feeling the, like solving the root of the problem, like a like a general analogy that Mr. Stefan Malinox says. It's like <laughs> taking cocaine for a toothache like they yeah. did back in the 1800s. Yeah, I'll make the pain go away, but your tooth, your teeth are going to rot. And you're going to die of heart disease from an infection. Yep. So before we end this hour, and in case our guy calls in, uh, do you want to give a lowdown on that thing happening in Arizona, or should we wait? I think we should probably go at this point. I don't think he's able to make it. He's got kids and a wife and stuff, so I I think he's got a lot on his plate. But basically, what happened? uh, You know, we were talking a little bit about the, um, you know, some like the like the immigration problem. But there was a school in Arizona. It was called the Cave Creek Unified School District in partnership with Arizona State University. They had a program, and they didn't tell the parents about this, by the way. And they bring in 15 men slash teachers from the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, and uh, they didn't send them. They sent the letters to the parents of the kids who were going to those classrooms. They didn't send parent, like any letters to like just they should they should have said that everywhere. And they used to have a public statement on their website, but since they've taken it down. And, uh, yeah, they're just teaching. They're going to be in there with the children. I don't think these people, uh, like, from what the guy's telling me, these people may not have been properly vetted. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, they don't know. The parents are completely left out of the dust. And if the parents, like, try to ask anything, they're called, uh, you know, racist. And they're, like, shut down. They call it hate speech when the parents are concerned about these people teaching their kids. And this isn't, like, just the high school. I think they're in the, they're in the elementary schools. They're in the elementary school in that school district. They're in, I think, all three of them. And I don't see really what the what they can do within an elementary school, like, why they need to go and have these people in there mm-hmm. for five weeks. Like, it'd be one thing if you bring them down there for, like, a day or two. But for a full five weeks of teaching, that's almost an entire semester at uh, – I like college. Uh, eight weeks is like a semester generally in college, but five weeks, you know, that's, that's a long time. And when they don't even allow parents to go and like uh, question any of it or like ask why, you know, who proved this, where are they going to be teaching? They're not told anything. Like the guy, he found out by his own child telling him about it. That was the first time he heard about it. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. 
like I'd like to go know if my if my school district was bringing these people from like a, another country, especially one like Saudi Arabia, because yeah, you know, they're very uh, they're not very progressive over there to say the no. least. Like, and, and these are all male teachers too. So like, you know, I don't know what their stances on women are going to be. I don't know if they're going to, um, you know, just be fine. I don't know if they'll be talking about Islam a lot. I don't know what they're doing. He doesn't know what they're doing. And, you know, it's like, do they don't even have a teaching certificate in America, to my knowledge? That, that's what he's told me. It's, it's breaking news. He just heard about, I think, on Friday. So it's it's just really weird. It's it's strange too because it's in Arizona in a very conservative school district. So why are they doing that there? Are they trying to go and like uh, politically influence people? So, I don't know. Wait. I mean, I I don't know enough yet, and I don't think he knows enough yet. But I'd be very concerned if like you know they start importing like a, like a teacher for my child who's in elementary school from uh from a different country to teach for five weeks because that's that's a lot of time like why like where are they gonna be teaching right now are yeah. they qualified to teach whatever they're gonna be teaching to an american because like the language barrier is definitely a thing and uh you know why why are they doing it yeah that's what i was gonna say is why are they even doing this like are they do they have a shortage of teachers or like you know what's the incentive are they getting these you know these uh saudi arabian teachers for really cheap i mean i don't understand it it's really bizarre. Yeah, and they took, and they took down like the uh, then like they had like a thing on their website, and they took it down like an announcement about it because they're getting too much backlash. Like, come on, you know, you should go and stand by whatever thing you did, and if not, you should go and write about it. You know, like and say that you changed, but they they haven't changed to my knowledge as of yet. And you shouldn't go and call parents like racist for questioning who's be teaching their kids if they're from a, a different country, and. They might, they probably don't, and they don't even have like an American uh, education, to my knowledge. Yeah. Like, why? Why do they need these people here, like teaching uh, elementary school kids? That, that, like, maybe in a high school or something for like a day or two, yes, but like, I'm just afraid they could be propagandizing these kids. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I don't have. Oh, really? I think I need to change. Let me test something since. Uh, we have a little time to do that because I, th I noticed I was monitoring the little uh, Discord here and it looks like it, it only it, I noticed when you're talking it doesn't pick up my voice for some reason and because like I'd be saying stuff to you and like you would just keep talking I'm like is he ignoring me or does he not hear me and it I sounds like you didn't hear me yeah so if I turn off that let's see push to talk okay uh, can you hear me okay um Trying to find a way where it just keeps it on all the time. It's only voice activity or push to talk. Ah, this is a lot more annoying. Uh, let me bump up. Yeah, oh. I don't know. Cause it used to not do that to my knowledge. Like I think last time it wasn't as big of a deal. Like this time it, it was strange. I think someone's been messing with the equipment. Possibly, yeah, it's really strange. If somebody didn't, that also was annoying as I came in with the program buttons off, and those buttons are like what puts the mic out. I'm like, why would it be off? I, I honestly just don't understand those sort of things that people do. It's like, why? <laughs> okay, so we're going to stall here for a little bit of time so that we can get to the top of the hour, and then we will... We, we've run out of topics, people, so we're going to see how far we want to go in the next hour. Have a little fun, just shoot around. Um, any thoughts we have about anything, and we're gonna talk about 
our favorite TV show. I mean, I'll talk a little bit about a movie I saw. I've already done an hour review of it. But, uh, oh, by the way, this is done in association a little bit with Versa. So if you want to check it out, you can check it out. Because uh, Mr. Alex is from Versa. I forgot to clarify that at the beginning, but he is from Versa, which is a YouTube channel. I've been talking about a lot of cool stuff. How's your day been today? <laughs> it's been pretty good. I, I can't complain. I, I didn't. I wasn't able to go and see the house, so I was upset. My oh, grandfather, yeah, yeah. my great grandfather, he turned ninety six today. So oh, wow. I don't know. He was a smoker all his life, so you think he wouldn't uh, survive that long? But correlation yeah. does not equal causation. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess maybe my genes, maybe my genes are that good. I don't know. Yes, Maybe they didn't put as much stuff in the cigarettes back then, too. <laughs> well, they might be putting soy in it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably. Well, you know, like I saw an article today <laughs> about a subway, and they were putting like, it was like 52% soy in their chicken. What? So 52% soy? Yeah, like they had, I think it was like NBC or something. This was a while ago. I saw like an article from uh, one of those uh, lefty websites that pops up like that Vice it was talking about like why Subway's fallen and it's like their chicken. They I think it was like CNN or NBC. It was I know it wasn't at CNN. It was like NBC or MSNBC, and they said that they tested their chicken. They found it was like sixty-two percent soy. Oh so um, yeah, if you don't want to be a soy boy, stay <laughs> away from uh, the chicken. Yeah, they have the chicken boys awesome. and girls. Yeah, I mean I, I just don't like soy. I don't either. I mean, of course, I eat soyos, as you call. Them. You know, um. Uh, Mikey's girlfriend was in my dorm and she called them soyrios too. It's true. <laughs> I, I love she's like, she's like, oh, look at all your soyrios. You gotta lay off those, Sean. And I was like, oh my God. Dude. Uh, yeah, that's, it's a problem. You don't want to become <laughs> the soy boy. Yeah. But what if I already like am? Alpha, what if I already am? Well, you have to start to reverse it. You're still young. Like, still you know, young. <laughs> I don't know how you can, well, maybe like eat, eat meat. I love you drink meat. coffee. Drink black coffee. They'll put hair in your oh, chest. Oh no, black coffee's disgusting. Oh, it's not that bad. It's bad. It's, it's like, bad, bad, man. It's good. It's really bad. It tastes terrible. It doesn't even taste like coffee. It just tastes like just bitter drain cleaner. Yeah, it's just healthy though. They you don't put any soy in there. What about that Starbucks like, one you, you gave know, me? Did that like, have soy? Put, what? That Starbucks one you got me? Did that have soy? Milk. No, the Starbucks one that you got me, the coffee. Does that have soy? Oh, that one. I don't think I didn't tell them any soy in there, so it shouldn't, <laughs> like you just get a soy shot. Like soy milk. <laughs> oh yeah, they there's put soy, soy milk, milk in their requests because people would like to be uh, very vegan. So yeah, like it's very especially in Starbucks. Oh yeah. Dude, the vegans, like, they have so much stuff in the dining halls just for vegans now. Like, they have the soy milk. They have all kinds of stuff. It's like, oh, Penn State's so inclusive, aren't they? <laughs> oh, jeez. Like, do they really need all that? And that's expensive, too. Like, I went to the store. Like, soy milk is, like, I think two or three more dollars per gallon. than, And I don't even know if that was a gallon. It's just so much more expensive. It's like... Two or three dollars no. more? That's, like, double. Yeah, it was like, I think it was like five bucks or something, or maybe six dollars. I don't even know if that was a gallon of like soy milk. And then it was like, God. I think 370 for a gallon of like whole milk, 312 for skim milk. And I like skim milk, but my girlfriend <sighs> likes uh, whole milk. So, yeah, we just deal with whole milk for now. When I get a house, I'll just get two gallons of milk because I drink milk a lot. Yeah, me too. I love me some milk. But we have to go into the next hour right now. We'll be right back in a few seconds after I do the weather and the disclaimer and all that fun stuff. 
We'll see you back soon on Line 90.7 FM. This is Franco Harris, Penn State class of 1972, and also former running back with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you're listening to the Lion 90.7 FM, WKPS State College. Mm-hmm. Tell them, sister. Okay, everyone. This is your Campus Weather Service forecast brought to you by Penn State Student Affairs. Right now, the weather, spoiler alert, hasn't changed much. It's 73 degrees outside. There is, on Sunday, a high 76, low 63. Mostly cloudy skies during the day with fewer showers overnight. Now, Monday, high of 75, low 63. A mix of clouds and sun during the day. And skies are becoming cloudy overnight with showers arriving late. And then on Tuesday, high 73, low 68. Overcast with rain likely, especially overnight. And humid. Imagine my shock. Now on Wednesday, we have a high 76, low 65. Cloudy with rain showers during the day. Partial clearing overnight. And then on finally on Thursday, we have a high 77, low 57. Partly cloudy skies. Not as humid, but mostly clear overnight. Okay. All right. You are listening to Real News, which is about fun, honest informative hopefully political talk with our usual banter and love for lots of things the views and opinions expressed in this program are solely of those producing it and are the people appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the line 90.7 fm its staff sponsors or the pennsylvania state university for details on the copy of the transcript of today's broadcast email officers at the line.fm or write to the lion 90.7 fm 125 hub center university park pa 16802 and this transmission is in association with first media since we have uh alex mr alex from versa on so you can check out all that fun stuff yeah hello um so now we're just gonna i don't know how long we're gonna go we have till the next hour we might stop short i don't know if we run out of stuff but we're just gonna talk about anything i think we can easily just start with Mr. Alex has been watching a show called Atypical. It's his favorite show. He loves every second of it. I watched the first season uh, with him a little bit. I was He kind of was ahead of me on that because he found out about it. It's a show about an autistic, autistic kid and his family and his school life and all this sort of drama and stuff. It's supposed to be like a comedy drama, kind of a, not, not a sitcom, but it's really just sort of this drama with... It, 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 it's really a balance of drama and comedy, but I think we both concluded, like, we, we did, a, we talked about this on previous uh, transmissions, but I think we agreed that it was pretty cringe the first season, uh, and we were, like, laughing about a lot of the stuff that happened in it. Like, the father is, like, a literal, like, cuckold, and the mom is, like, a literal um, cheater. She <laughs> yeah, goes yeah. after his like bartender who she thinks is hot. He's not. Um, trust my word on that one. Um, but she just gets all excited over this like edgy bartender, and you know she cheats on her fa- on the father, yeah, the father who's you know the father of the autistic kid, and then the daughter is like this sort of angsty teen like stereotype. I root for her for like a majority of it because I was like she's the only one that's like like saying this is all a bunch of like stupid crap. But then she goes after this like edgy you know boyfriend who she thinks is like hot stuff and goes all like full rebel and i was like oh god this is cringy and then the 
autistic kid gets a um uh what's that? <laughs> he gets a little surprise in an igloo uh how can i say is a, a uh fcc compliant way i don't know it's a um you know it's like rock paper scissors but you just keep doing that <laughs> yeah he got a little something <laughs> a little uh woo. yeah someone lent him a hand <laughs> Yeah, that's the best way to put it. Yeah, because so, there was this girl that was like a tat like after him, and like I thought she was just using him, which she was, but yo, know, she still like got a little lending a hand with some stuff, and that's where first season ends. I like, kind of spoiled the entire thing <laughs> very vaguely, well, but here's season it's two. A year old. Yeah, it's a year it's old. A year old yeah, so can you give us a non-spoiler sort of like? Uh, or, or should we just do come full on spoilers? Because I personally don't care because I don't care about this show. I just watch it for the meme. But I'll let you just go on what your thoughts are with season two of Atypical. Well, season two, I actually kind of thought it was pretty decent. Like, honestly, like <laughs> wow. season two, it started off like right after the dad found out that his mother was, uh, you know, was cucking him with a C. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just want to make sure the FCC understands that. Yes. Because it sounds like something else. But, um, you know, cuckold, That is literally cuckold. what was happening. Yeah, uh, cheating on his mom and, or not cheating on, his mom is cheating on him. Yeah. And uh, they have a bit of like a break for a Ooh. little bit. She ends up mo- like moving to some lady's house. Not really sure who she is. I guess maybe a friend. Um, his old therapist, like oh, they aren't God. talking anymore because he did some really stupid things in season one. Yeah. He tried to go and give her like a gift to be like a penguin person. So he likes like that's his whole like fascination. He has like a, a autistic fixation on uh, penguins. <laughs> And uh, the Antarctic. Yeah. And so it starts with that. But like in this one, it's like he was completely like, uh, like just crazy in the last season. He was like uncontrollable. You have like meltdowns every other episode. But in this one, he only really has like maybe one meltdown the entire season. Like it's just like, and I think that was kind of good because they they made it so that he's like not just this like meme of like an <laughs> autistic guy. He was actually yeah. like a living person. And like in the old season, I think it was a lot. He was kind of control like making all the problems in the family. And this one, it's not as much about that. Like he's still the central character of it, but like his sister gets a lot more flushed out, and mm. she does some things, and it's really the the ending. There's another cliffhanger there. Oh, really? I, I don't know if I'm going to spoil that, but uh, there are some things involving her that, and I thought it was a little bit, tack, a little bit tacky. There's a particular angle with her yeah. and uh, her boyfriend that I wasn't exactly, uh, I just feel like it was kind of rushed. <laughs> and then, like, she had this problem with this girl at school, and, you know, something happened, and uh, I kind of thought that. Like, she, like she went to this uh, preppy school because she was a really good track runner. And then she had some problems with that. And then the kid himself, he's just, like, super, like, a lot more, like, focused in this season, a lot less, like, crazy. And his, like, friend, uh, Zahid, he he plays (laughs) a lot more of a bigger role. Like, that was his, uh, like, a guy who's, like, best buddy. Yeah. And he's, like, kind of just this, like, memes. Like, they're all kind of memes in this. But, like, (laughs) he was just this, like, sort of, he thinks of himself as as a ladies' man. Yeah. But, like... He really isn't. He's is just, he cringy? I mean, that works at like basically a Best Buy. Is he really cringy? in the series. Is he really cringy this season, like last season? Uh yeah, but he's a lot more fleshed out though. He's and out. 
Yeah, like, I, I think you should watch it. It's actually a lot better writing, I think, in season. Like, I'd definitely watch it if I was you. But, like, and it's just, like, there's a lot of cringe involving the cuckoldry from the last season, <laughs> but it's not quite as bad. And then uh, Sam, like, the main character, the autistic guy, he actually does, uh, like, him and the girl were kind of broken up at the end, and they kind of stay broken up. And, uh, and then he ends up finding, like, a new love interest, kind of. Oh, for a little bit like it's not really i don't think they ever did anything i mean i think they like kissed but that was about it but uh that was and she gets like really jealous and he actually ends up like he's, he's applying for colleges and uh he actually like graduates high school at the end what? and then leaves on a cliffhanger with the sister like she's definitely a lot more a part of this and like a lot more fleshed out character but yeah i, I just don't know about her particular new arc like that just kind of happened there. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to spoil it too much because okay. I, I think this is definitely a lot better, right? Like it feels interesting, and they try to like Julia the therapist. I didn't like that because like they could have just wrote her out, and I think they probably should have. Yeah, but she found out she was pregnant in the last season. She keeps showing up even though she's no longer Sam's therapist, and he's going to group therapy now. Oh he's my trying to god, be a lot more independent. It's like an AA meeting, I bet. Huh? I bet it's like an AA meeting now. It's kind of like an AA meeting, but for like autism, autism anonymous. Yeah, <laughs> you know that, that's basically what it is. Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna actually watch probably a few episodes tonight after I, because they're showing at the hub here. They're showing Incredibles too, which I've already seen, but I want to give it a second chance in a theater. Uh, so I'm gonna see that at nine thirty ish. But I'll probably catch an atypical or two. But as someone, you know, I think it was actually a decent series. Now, like they actually, really? like after the first season, they just kept making him like the the central meme of it. And this <laughs> one, they, he's definitely been toned down a lot. Like he was like maybe a, like an eight or nine before. Now he's like a four or five. Like he does some pretty stupid things, but like it's not like he's just like pulling people's hair or like uh, just attacking people. He's not now doing random like spurgy stuff. Like he still is a little bit random, but like yeah, he learns. He's like a lot more like the growth between the characters is almost real unrealistic. And I don't. That's one thing I don't like. It's just his character grows so much between that and the last season. It doesn't make any sense. Mm hmm. Okay. Um. So what? How would you rate this roughly? Would you give it like an A, a B, a C? Well, I'd probably give it a uh, B to B minus. Like, I think they definitely, like, the old one was definitely, like, a C. I, I think it's definitely ground one grade letter. But, like, I don't know. There's still some things I feel like that they kind of tacked on, and it, there's still a lot of baggage from the old season. Like, I don't know why they need the whole cuckoldry angle in this, <laughs> but, like, it was kind of funny, but it just gets downright cringeworthy at some moments. Like, and that's, like, the big thing that's, like, there's so many different, like, plot lines in this series, but, like, it's actually enjoyable. I actually it was sad that it was over because I was curious what happens and i'm very upset that they left on a cliffhanger again <laughs> that's funny you're getting this stuff now but um i thought it was so funny with the dad because he starts off like you kind of think he's kind of cool but like he turns out to be just this utter like wimp and then you see like what he says in real life the actor where he's like really pissed he, like he's really like 
really intense and he, he did this video on like his Twitter where he's like I'm glad Alex Jones got banned he doesn't deserve freedom I'm like you moron like you deny freedom to one person you deny it to everyone I mean he's such a like he seems like a really like I bet he's like an alcoholic and like a really mean guy like in real life and then when you look at him in the show he's like it's like wimpy little like cuckold yeah, absolutely. But I just feel like the show, there's so many like little subplots going on. It's almost too much at some point, but yeah. it's definitely interesting. And like, it's a lot more, uh, more generous to the autistic community in this one. So it makes wow. at least him more like normal. I wonder if they got any blowback from season one from like the autism community. Like, yeah, this is kind of offensive. Like as somebody who lives with autism, um, I didn't find it offensive. I just find it super like stereotypical and kind of ignorant and kind of just just really cringy like meme form of autism it's like yeah there are autistic people that way but most of them like don't like just spurry out like that and go like freak out and like you know sort of like, grabbing people or something or like, it's they don't do that they 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 react to you know things in weird ways but it's like i just i know they're trying to do something different by making a show with somebody that has autism but like to be honest, I wouldn't have very, I wouldn't have greenlit that show. <laughs> well, and just to be clear, you live with someone who has autism, not living with autism. Oh yeah, <laughs> I worded that like I'm trying to word it in like a funny kind of way, but I meant living with autism. I meant I live with somebody yes that has autism. I don't have autism. I mean, daily, uh, weekly uh, listeners probably think I do, and I understand that. But for the record, I don't. But we haven't checked have it. Been tested? it I, I, I haven't. I haven't. <laughs> there, there's some men. There's some weird stuff about me you people don't know. But I will tell you, autism is not one of them. I don't know. You got to find out, man. <laughs> Nah, I mean, whatever happens, you know, they're, they're fine. You know, anyone with uh, autism or, like, you know, disorders, they're all fine people. Mm. Dude, my textbook uh, for one of my classes was saying it was, like, going full on, like, autism can we weaponize. It's like, autism can be a skill. Autism is a strength. I'm like, is it, though? I mean, I'm not saying it to be mean. I'm saying, like, look at my situation. I know somebody with autism. I live with him. And let me tell you, there's a lot of things he can't do. It's not a strength. Well, no, it depends on the level of autism. It, it literally is a spectrum. Like you could have on like the, you know, your brother would be on the uh, less less functional. But and then you have Bill like, Gates. You know, Sam would probably be like somewhere between the first season. He'd probably be like a little bit above your brother. And this season, he's probably more towards like uh, the middle of the right side. But like there's people with autism who are like, you know, uh, Einstein. You know, you get these people. Bill Gates. Yeah, Bill Gates. Probably, I don't know about Mark Zuckerberg. He's he's something. He's he's just, no, he's not, a. I don't want to say that because that dehumanizes autistic people. He's he's a he's a replicant. He's, uh, I don't think he has. I don't know if he has autism. No, he he's just an AI. He's a replicant. He's not human. Yeah, I mean, he might have autism though. Like, because I know, like, they do act a little bit strange. But I don't. But I don't know if he does. He's pretty good with social. I mean, he made a social media profile. So I don't know if. <laughs> You know, you could really make it so, like, because that's one of the things people with autism have uh, problems yeah. with the social skills. Yeah, like, that's generally. what it like, is. But, um, yeah, like, I think this season did a lot more better job humanizing autistic people. Yeah. It, but there's still a couple yeah. times where I thought it was a little bit cringy. Mm. And I think I, it just depends because, like, that's a problem with autism. It's just so wide of a spectrum. I think yeah. they need to go and, like, if you're on the... Uh, upper right side of the like funk like ability to live on your own like functional autism 
that would be one thing, but um, well, I think that should be one disorder, like multiple disorders, and then just like generalized autism should be on the left, like on the towards the left side, because there's a big difference between your brother and like someone like Einstein, who was a functioning, you know, once he was an adult, yeah, a pretty decently functioning human, yeah. versus some people who literally like need to have an adult with them for the rest of their life. Yeah, well, what I think maybe this show. They might consider this. They might do this in future seasons, but maybe they should have other autistic characters, but they have different forms of autism. I think they haven't done that because first, you know, you you don't want to get overly complicated real quick in your first few seasons, but I think they'd also be afraid of it taking away from the point of the show, which is the main character is the only one with autism. But I think it would be an interesting angle, an interesting little twist if you had another autistic character that maybe he has to interact with or something and that person has a different form of autism and maybe it's much worse or maybe much um, better. Watch they find out. Oh, what, what if they do this as a plot twist? The sister turns out to have autism. <laughs> no, she doesn't. No, that, that wouldn't make any sense. But like they yeah. do a little bit in the uh, in the therapy parts because they have people who are like worse than Sam. Oh, okay. Like there significantly. You go. Like See, I can write this stuff. Like Look at this. Thing. I can write this stuff. I've already got it figured out. But like, who was who was the? It was Dave. I think he was one that I'm trying to think of the name. Of, that was a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. uh, Dave. Ooh. Wait, boyfriend Dave. as in boyfriend, boyfriend, or boyfriend and girlfriend? Oh, I think it was. Uh, I th I think David the 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 character. Yeah. Like the boyfriend. The boyfriend of him. I thought, I thought he was autistic. <laughs> I thought he like, Wait, I thought his actual actor was like autistic. Are you, thinking, are you thinking of the sister's boyfriend? Yeah. Oh my god, no, he's just stupid. Like he's just stupid. Oh. Evan. Oh, it was Evan. Evan. It was a Graham Rogers. I don't know. Does he actually have autism? Fact -check no, I guess he doesn't. He just seemed he just seemed a little bit off to me. Like yeah, he, he just, could have had autism, he, like a high functioning. He's like But somebody, they don't really that's the one thing. they don't really have any like really high functioning autistic people in there. Well Evan reminds me of somebody we know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll, I'll put a kibosh on that. But um I know you saw a movie lately and I did as well. If you I don't know yes. if you, did you already go over that in a previous transmission? Not in a transmission, but I'll give a i I'll try to give a quick review this time. Not an hour long review, but uh one of the last weeks of its showing last week of its showing here, I saw very anticipated Mission Possible Fallout. This is the sixth installment of the franchise. Uh, I have not been a fan of the series until I saw Mission Possible 5 Rogue Nation. Um, and then I went back and saw Ghost Protocol, the fourth one, and I got really excited for this one because I, because I, it got, so, like, there was a turning point in Ghost, Ghost Protocol of this franchise where it became way less si silly, way less preposterous, and more about Tom Cruise doing, like, these awesome stunts and having a better story and a better characters and all that stuff. So, I was really interested in this movie and I saw the trailer like Super Bowl Sunday when that like 30 second trailer dropped and they dropped the full trailer the next day and it I, I was one of the few trailers that actually sold me on the movie. I was like, this is going to be awesome. That is such a good trailer. If anybody hasn't seen it, you got to watch it. It's, it is a great, 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 amazing trailer. But I saw this movie the other day. I haven't seen many movies. I've only seen three movies this summer. I'm counting this as a summer movie. I've seen Solo, a Star Wars story, which was so disappointing. I mean, it wasn't disappointing because I had low expectations. It was aggressively average and just boring. I don't know how they could make Han Solo's story boring. Um, I saw Incredibles 2, which actually that was kind of disappointing. I was a bit disappointed with that one. And so then 
at the end of the summer, Mission Possible goes uh, makes me more. Mission Possible Fall comes out. I have to say, this movie is awesome. I don't use the word awesome very often, but that is the only way I can describe this movie. It is action packed. It has good. It's a fun, simple but good story with a lot of complex plot elements to it. The characters are great as always. It's got a lot of. A crew. The main team comes back of Ving Rhames and Simon Pegg and, of course, Tom Cruise. But you have Rebecca Ferguson coming back. You have uh, Salman Lane, the villain from the previous film, coming back, and he's great in this. Everybody, the acting's all top. Alec Baldwin's back, too. Everything's top-notch acting-wise. And they, what I liked about this one is they all get their little moments to do something cool and to do something important, which really the past films haven't done for all the characters, so that was great. But... The music was awesome. I this is the I mean everybody knows the Mission Impossible theme from the TV show these movies use, but this is the best version I've heard of that theme. It's beefy and punchy and really nice, uh, and the music. But but the music stood out this time. Like that would be the only part that would stand out before. But the way they used the theme and used new themes and other stuff really stood out and was really well done. It had a more um, dramatic, epic tone, which suited the movie better. But uh, the cinematography to me, just looking at this movie, it's gorgeous. This is the like the past four and five were gorgeous, but this one really has a lot of shots that are just like jaw dropping. I really well shot. Uh, and then of course, I mean, the, I you know this is the centerpiece. Of this movie is the action. I, there's a lot of crappy action movies out there. There's a lot of great action movies out there, but this is really the gold standard for an action movie because it has really five to six, depending on how you count them, major, massive, awesome action set pieces that the average action movie could only barely do one of them. And this does like five of them. There is an awesome foot chase. There's an awesome motorcycle chase. There's an awesome uh, car chase. There's an awesome uh, bathroom fight. There's an awesome helicopter chase. There's an awesome... Um, you know, other little bits of action throughout. Uh, I'm trying to remember if there's any other ones. I mean, that's pretty much your main ones there, but they're all long, you know, long as they need to be, but you still get your bang for your buck out of it. And there's throughout the movie and appropriate sayings and the locations are so cool, but the continuity in the action's great. The stunt work is amazing. I mean, Tom Cruise is crazy. His Scientology is really screwed up, but my god this guy literally puts his life on the line to entertain you people and he is doing all his own stunts he broke his leg uh, or his yeah his leg and his ankle technically in one of the stunts but he kept going in the shot to complete it uh and he just puts all into it. at 56 he, he's still at the top of his game i mean it's really impressive there's so many moments where my mouth was just open uh, just how awesome it was. Uh, the sixth action scene I was forgetting was the halo jump. I can't believe I forgot that. Where Tom Cruise literally went like 25, 30,000 feet in the air, jumped out of an airplane 107 times to get this one shot where he's skydiving down. And, it's, and he's still acting while he's doing it. He's still acting in all these action scenes, especially this one where he's falling down. He has to help Henry Cavill put his oxygen thing on and then they land all. Oh, and it's all in one shot too, which is so cool. I don't know how they did that. Like It was impressive. Uh, you can tell I'm nerding out over this movie big time because it's just at a technical level, it's amazing. You know, pushing really the envelope of what you can film 
And yo, know, and after that, of course, you get that bathroom scene, which is just awesome. Where they're they're fight. It's like Henry Cavill and Tom Cruise against this like Asian guy. That's I think he's trained some sort of martial arts, and he's handing it to them. Like he's beating them. He's winning. So you get to see some vulnerability there. I mean, it was just so good. I just oh god, I could I could talk about this for hours. I really could because it's just so great. Uh, you've done it before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. I did talk about it for an hour uh, in a review online. But oh man, I love it. I mean, I I'm the type of person that has a very high standard for movies. I mean, I analyze the crap out of them. I nitpick the crap out of them. So I'm gonna love those you know you know epics. Those like you know sophisticated thinker art you know pieces like those are gonna be my you know saying go-to movies of quality but i still love action i still love some movies you can turn your brain off to but i still can't turn my brain off to any movie but you know and in terms of action you know movies this is one of my favorites this is just so well done i loved every minute of it it's two and a half hours you never get bored you never get tired of it in fact you almost want more of it but it's really the perfect length but i i loved it i was literally like my mouth was open in certain scenes because it was just so awesome. Oh, man. Uh, it's just one of those things. That, like, I think it taps into that primal, you know, adrenaline rush. That sort of, you know, you want to be an adventurous secret agent guy. I mean, that's that sort of testosterone. Like, this movie is literally just an, a two-and-a-half-hour-long injection of testosterone. You want a cure for the soy watch Mission Impossible Fallout? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a pretty thorough review right there. Much more. Um, it was condensed. I like it. It was condensed. Yeah. I just, I, I just have fun with that. But uh, I recommend everybody to. I don't think you can't see in theaters in Penn State anymore. But I think in the, you know more major areas you can still see. Like you do not want to miss this in a theater. It's one of those movies that just, it just shines in the theater. It's you. It's just a great experience. But. Well, I actually saw a movie myself, ah. uh, The Nun, and I'd like to review on that if you think we got the time. Oh, of course, do we have an, a half an hour? Oh, wait, I gotta go to commercial break. <laughs> Sorry, thank you. You kind of reminded me of that. We're gonna go to a quick break, and then Mr. Alex is gonna review The Nun. Hey, it's Sister Sylvie from the Homegrown Music Show, a unique music experience for seasoned music lovers. Hippie at its core, old and new, deep and soulful. It's all good and tasty. It's homegrown. Tune in Saturdays and Sundays, noon to three, for your dose of the homegrown music show with Sister Sylvie. No one is hungry. The music never stops. There's more to music than just the hits. Join me, DJ A-Lot, for Trending, a unique blend of the latest music, throwback favorites, and top 40 hits. Plus, listen to up-and-coming tracks from new artists before they hit the mainstream. Trending with DJ A-Lot, Mondays and Wednesdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Only on The Lion, 90.7 FM. It began with five words, if not me, then who? 
The Travis Manion Foundation has taken those five words and grown them into a national movement. The Travis Manion Foundation is dedicated to assisting our nation's veterans, families of the fallen, and the next generation of young leaders. It's about adopting the motto, if not me, then who, and applying it to your daily lives like so many others have already done. From our 9-11 Heroes Run to putting character to action in your community, discover how you can honor the fallen by challenging the living. Get involved at TravisManion.org. The thing is, I would never give blood before. You know, I, before this happened to me, I thought of every excuse of the book, but I'm so thankful that everybody didn't think the way I did or I would have died. Like so many new mothers, Noelle needed blood during the birth of her son. Thanks to the American Red Cross and a donor like you, it was there. One donation, just an hour of your time, can help save up to three lives. Please sign up to give now at redcrossblood.org. The Jesus loves us. Everyone else thinks we're a bunch of assholes. The Lion, 90.7 FM. You're gonna review the nun nun. If anybody's interested and you want to call in and talk to us and have a debate, maybe a discussion about movies or something, or just talk about the news, call in at 814-865-9577. We'll have you on. Just know that once we you call us, you'll be put on air, but time for the nun 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 review by mr all Alex. Right, so, all right so i actually went and saw the movie the nun a few weeks ago with my girlfriend and honestly it was a little bit of a disappointment like i kind of rank it around maybe a little bit above the first animal because i wasn't a big fan of that it's like it felt for, for a little bit of backstory uh it was based off of the main antagonist in the uh, conjuring 2 which if you haven't seen that it's been out for over a year now so i'm going to spoil it for you so basically, in that movie, their son was possessed by this uh, something like that. Like, there's a demon called a Volok in there, and this one, and like, it took the form of this demonic nun like thing. And this movie kind of paints a backstory to it. And the thing was, like, the Conjuring was based off of a true story, and the nun, to my knowledge, it's not based off of an actual story because it's like it really can't be that much based off of an actual story. It's more of based off of like. It's, it's his own thing. It's kind of uh, fictional. It's more of a fantasy setting because, like, it starts out, there's this, uh, like, uh, nunnery in this, I think it's like Romania, some backwoods, like, European country like that. And uh, there's this nun in there, and she ends up, like, killing herself at the beginning because there's this, like, other demon inside there. There's, like, a demon stuck inside, like, this uh, nunnery and basically this like dude a priest and a nun or like she's not a nun yet but a priest and this like soon to be nun from uh, you know like somewhere else they end up traveling to Romania to go and figure out uh, what's going on because they saw the nun suicide in the newspaper and they're concerned of what may have caused that and they go over there and with the help of this like farmer dude who's like telling the fields and stuff and he's like the one guy who brings supplies to the nunnery and he goes over there and you know they talk and he brings them to the to the nunnery that this is located at and they go and investigate and there's a lot of like uh it's not like the conjuring if you're expecting the conjuring don't look for that here this is a lot less nuanced there's a lot more like action sequences and like jump scares it's it's like a completely different thing. And that's why I guess they didn't put the conjuring in there. It's not like 
Because, like, The Conjuring, like, Yana, say what you will, you know, you probably don't believe, I know you don't believe in any of, uh, you know, this paranormal stuff, but, like, it's, um, it's like, done in a very realistic way, like, the at least the original Conjuring, like, not maybe very realistic, but in a semi-realistic way. This is just, like, complete, like, fantasy stuff. You see, like, things, like, great people getting, like, stuck in, like, uh, graves and, like, zombies, things popping out. It's just, like, what this is, this can't be, like, in the same universe. It's just so ridiculous, but so is Annabelle and Annabelle, too. And there is a lot of just, like, just a bunch of jump scares, not as much of a coherent plot. Um, the ending was kind of interesting, so it ties it back to the Conjuring series as a whole. It was kind of, like, a side story. I don't know if they're going to proclaim this is true in, like, The Conjuring, but I don't think they'll probably touch this guy again, because they tend to go and do, like, a different demon in every Conjuring. But definitely not of that same material. Like, The Conjuring 1 and 2, like, I think the 2 was the best one by far, and I think they were some some of my favorite horror movies, like, I've ever seen. And I'd probably give it, like, if I had to do it, like, uh, like a score, I'd probably give this, like, a C or C-. minus. Like, it's really not all that good. But it was something like if I was going to watch on Netflix in a year, whenever it comes out on there, because it's definitely like it did really good in the box office. Like I think a hundred close to like one hundred eighty one million dollars, one hundred eighty two million dollars and only took them twenty two million to make it. So they made good bucks out of it. But I feel like it should have been a lot better. And it's going to probably hurt some fans who are expecting more because it was part of the Conjuring universe. And I don't like that. But it did say it wasn't like it didn't say the Conjuring three. So it is obviously a side story in the same manner as Annabelle, where it kind of goes and looks more into a particular demonic artifact. But, like, it's just so, like, ridiculous, the whole premise of it. It, it really takes you away from it. It's just completely different from The Conjuring. Like, just the level of expectation. This, this would have been better if it wasn't, like, in The Conjuring universe, but I can kind of see why they did, because it did go a little bit more into the backstory. But I would have liked more backstory, I guess, like maybe done in a more realistic manner because this is just like completely ridiculous like the only real thing in common with the a little bit from the beginning a little bit from the end and the and and the demon being a nun that's that's about it because like the demon in this one's just like a lot more powerful than what we see later so it kind of makes you wonder and like the whole story around that nunnery is just something out of like a almost like a dungeons and dragons campaign it doesn't feel like it should be in anything like in the Conjuring universe. So yeah, I would see it on Netflix if you're bored in a couple, in a year or two, whenever it comes out on there, but definitely no, I won't go to the theater to see this. Like it's just not up to, up to snuff in my opinion. Yeah. I'm not a big horror fan. So I generally just avoid seeing horror films in general, but I understand what you're saying when it gets too ridiculous. Cause that it's because of the perfect um, comparison with, the movie I saw, which is the first three Mission Impossible films are just so preposterous, so silly at times that it's like a cartoon and I can't take it seriously. And it's a, it's a series that's, that's almost trying to take itself seriously, but outside like these crazy stunts. So you have to balance it out where if you're like Fast and the Furious, which isn't taking itself seriously at all but they kind of act like they are, you know, that's where that, that series turns me off. But there are some movies that like, like shoot them up as a movie that is not taking itself seriously at all. And that's, what's awesome about it. That's what's fun about it. But the first few mission possibles were like, 
like Tom Cruise would be in like this like tunnel with on you know uh, on a helicopter. It would just be this helicopter like flying through a train tunnel, chasing a train, and he jumps off the helicopter and like that helicopter is like close like hitting the train. Like it's so preposterous and silly that you just there's no stakes anymore. Like Ethan Hunt surviving all these things removes any stakes because he can literally just keep surviving. Whereas when you get to like Ghost Protocol and he's on that Burj Khalifa, which is the tallest building in the world, he's Tom Cruise is actually scaling the Burj Khalifa. And that was a big turning point of the series because then you had more believability, more stakes, more realism. You, you can actually feel the fear, the height, and the stakes to it when it's done for real. And that's where Fallout exceeds just tremendously is that it learns all those lessons and just cranks it up to 11 where... He's actually flying a helicopter. He learned how to fly a helicopter just for this film. And of course, he'll use it for other films. But he's actually flying the helicopter. He's actually dangling off uh, the bottom of a helicopter on the rope that's connected to the helicopter. He's actually doing these things. And you feel it. And again, like that bathroom scene, he's getting his butt handed to him. Him and Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill's like this big guy. And he's muscular and strong. He's getting his, you know, they're both getting it handed to them. And so you feel that vulnerability of like, yeah, they could lose, they could die. You know they're not going to, but there is some surprising moments in this movie still that give it those stakes and that realism. And that's what you need in the movie for your audience to have some level of believability and to keep them invested in it. I mean, horror is obviously a more fantastical and more, you know, uh, abstract thing, but you can still, like The Shining is a kind of a believable film if you interpret it certain ways like some of those like weird things that happen you can interpret it as just you know people seeing stuff but you know some guy could go really mad i mean jack torrance was an alcoholic and a you know it sounds like you know they kind of imply that he wasn't treating his family entirely well but he gets driven to madness leaving you know being in solidarity uh for so long so you can kind of believe that you know that's where you know it makes it more um you know it's just more believable and more interesting yeah, that's that's definitely yeah, that that's some good stuff right there. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I the one thing that I the none that I kind of really did admire from them, and it's really sad that this has to be a plus, is that the nun did not go into politics like <laughs> at all. Like I'll give them a give them some props for that because like every movie it seems like actually it's like for the most part they tend to go and like bring politics into it. Yeah, like all the major new releases. Now there's a couple that don't. Like, I know I saw Operation Finale a couple weekends ago, and you'd think that one would bring in politics, baby, because that was about some guy who's uh, hunting like a Nazi. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, they didn't, and it was actually a decent movie. But, Good. yeah, it's it's just sad. Well, that's... The movies. Yeah, I know. I totally agree. I've ranted about that many times on this show. Uh, but Mission Impossible Fallout doesn't mention any politics. That series never has, which is great. You know, it's, it's just pure escapism. But what is interesting, this is a minor spoiler, but it's a spoiler. So if you don't want to be spoiled by this movie, which I wouldn't uh, want you to be, just close your ears for the next uh, 30 seconds. But there's a scene where they have to, uh, one of the people gives the government or the CIA false intelligence through a dossier. And I was like, this is a red pilled moment right here. This is just like the Trump uh, 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 Golden Showergate dossier. Like it literally was a very similar thing. I mean, the contents were different, but it was pretty much a. Do- it was a. Do- they literally called that dossier too. I was like, this is pretty red pilled <laughs> for the normies. 
Yeah, I agree. But uh, anyways, uh, I think that's <laughs> about it for the movie reviews. Got anything else going on that you want to talk about? Or- I saw an anime. You saw an anime? What anime was it? Was it Samurai Jack? I knew you were going to say that. It's not an anime. <laughs> I saw uh, last weekend, I saw Ghost in the Shell for the first time. The anime version, not the 2017 uh, Scarlett Johansson live action version. <laughs> Because uh, many people recommended it to me because they said, oh, you like Cyberpunk, you like Blade Runner, you're going to like this. It's, you know, Samurai Jack is kind of inspired by it. I can see that because there's like these few, uh, there's like these two montage sequences with just music and visuals telling the story. Those scenes are awesome. Those scenes are great. And I love those scenes. But the rest of the movie is very meh to me. It's, it's kind of confusing because they use a lot of techno blabble and you don't really know what's going on. The characters are really bland for the most part, except for the main character. And I just didn't understand some of the stuff happening. I really didn't understand the point of it either. They just had to catch this hacker and they kind of do, but like the ending sort of has a, I know it has some depth and meaning to it, but it's like... I just don't get what's so great about it. I mean, it's well shot like for the cinematography. I mean, it's not bad for an anime, but, you know, the the anime style I find kind of crappy, so I didn't like the style of it, but the music was pretty good. The, You know, that's really about it. It didn't impress me much. Have you ever seen it? What movie? Go- or anime? Ghost in the Shell? Yeah. Yeah. What? Uh, yeah, I've never seen that Ghost in the Shell, so I can't comment on that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would I would recommend it only because those two scenes are pretty cool. But maybe just skip the whole movie and just see those two scenes. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more real news. <laughs>